Welcome to Religion and Story, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss anything and everything, but always from a Christian perspective. This is our fifth podcast, and in anticipation of the Oscars, we will be discussing how Christians should interact with movies. I have Stephen and Daniel with me again today, and Daniel, you're going to start us off. Yeah, so the title of our podcast is Religion and Story, and I think this is really our first podcast where we're uh, diving into that section of story. Um, story has a lot to do with uh, the arts out there. You find stories in books and novels, uh, but probably the most of the stories that people today consume are through movies. And like Michael said, because of uh, Oscar season, we are wanting to talk about movies. Um and so the first thing that need to be said is the, is the importance of movies. Movie, the importance of movies can't be denied because, like I said, they affect so many people. So many people are watching movies, um, probably multiple movies a week. Uh, I know me and my wife right now have sort of an addiction to going out to the movies because we got the neat um, plastic container for popcorn and soft drinks, and they give us uh, free refills every time we go. And I think it was probably a bad investment, but we're seeing a lot of movies. I know a lot of other people are, too. And so movies have this undeniable impact on the culture. Um, there are movies that we can all identify with. If I say, uh, Luke, I am your father, everyone knows immediately <laughs> what movie I'm referencing. And so there's a there's a common... Uh, cool hand Luke, right? <laughs> Almost. Uh, I think it's actually The Lion King. But uh, there's, a, there's a common mythology um, and history and culture um, and canon that everyone in our um, in our country, in our uh, ar- arena, are familiar with um, because we all see the same movie. Another reason that movies are important is because they have, like we said, a story. And a story is always trying to present some sort of theme. You probably remember hearing something about that in your 11th or 12th grade English class, but there is a theme in every story, and that's the hardest part of figuring out what it is, putting the pieces of your paper. Um, but when you figure out what it is, then you can start to fully enjoy a story for all it's worth or fully enjoy a movie for all it's worth. You know, what is this movie trying to say? Um, so uh, an example of that is, if I go and watch, um, if, I, if I watch a, a Superman movie, then I see that um, good always triumphs over evil. That's a good theme that I can get behind as a Christian or even as someone who's not a Christian. I can get behind good triumphs over evil. That's great. Um, if I go watch The Little Mermaid, I might see a theme that's a little bit more questionable. Um, some people might agree that I should live my life um, trying to find what pleases me most, but some other people might disagree and say, well, that's not the point of life is to do whatever pleases you regardless of how it affects those around you. So the point is to say that movies have um, a story, and a part of that story is a theme, and they're saying something really important. And we need to be aware of what those themes and stories are in the movies that we watch and how they are affecting our culture. Um because we're all seeing the same themes, and it's affecting us all together. Michael, Stephen, do you all have any thoughts uh, right off the bat on that, on the importance of movies and the importance of stories, as we're going to discuss this week? Sure. 
Uh, now, what Daniel was saying there about how movies shape and affect our culture, I think it's important for us to realize that we are a part of that culture and that movies shape and affect us in the way we think about mm-hmm. things, the way we view uh, the world around us. Um, and movies are particularly important because usually they're between 90 minutes, maybe two hours, maybe a little over two hours, hopefully. Um, and they tell a succinct story. They don't tell you everything. They don't tell you how the main character ate their breakfast that morning. But they tell you about what is the most important thing that happened to that character and trying to establish what is the sole purpose of that person's story. Why do I bring that up? Well, uh, if uh, let's talk about a bad way that a uh, or moralistically a bad way that a movie could go about that. It could be that the main part of this person's story is a sin. For example, uh, a, a cheating spouse or a murder that takes place, maybe in a gangster movie where they have no value for the people around them. If that is who they are, it is their sole purpose, then we see evil in that person's story. And maybe that's our our purpose as Christians in watching that movie is to see how an evil person is led astray and how their life falls apart because of that evil. Or perhaps they're a really good person. And there's movies like Schindler's List where there's this the, – the horror of the Holocaust is happening all around where – but at the very end, spoiler alert, Oscar Schindler comes in and saves, using his own money, saves uh, thousands of lives, thousands of Jewish lives. And he uses his money for good, uh, and that is his main story, something that he will always be known for. Um, because of a central narrative that movies have, they are they are giving us their message, and we as viewers have to see those movies through a Christian lens and respond to those movies. Steve, what what are your thoughts on how Christians respond to movies? Okay, uh, the that last comment that you had there, Michael, that Christians have to look through these. Uh, a, a specific lens and whenever we're watching the movies. So that really uh, struck a chord with me. And the first thing I'll say is, do we have to? Um, and Good point. We mm-hmm. are, okay, so if we are putting ourselves in that position, uh, first of all, you got to gauge if you're able to uh, not – don't even ask yourself if you feel comfortable in that situation because if we – that's not a, a fair question to ask. You can feel comfortable if you're not in, in a perfect uh, Christian state for yourself. Uh, but should you be watching uh, whatever it is? And so w- when we filter out the things that are what I think we can all agree are uh, trash, uh, things that are unchristian, um, and we can filter on a story that has a good message. Um, and, and I'm trying to think about like, uh, what was that Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie that he came out with where basically he had like a sex addiction? It was one it was one of those movies. Don where John. Was, yeah, that one. Don John. It was one of those movies where I, like, I want those uh, two hours back of my life or however long the movie was. And I, you know, one of those 
uh, cliche scenes in a movie where somebody has to go and turn the shower and they sit in the shower with their clothes on because they were so ashamed of what they had just done. I almost had to do that after watching that movie. Um, uh, I don't think I finished it, to be honest. But, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those situations where you have to gauge what's the story of the movie. A good example with Schindler's List, um, a lot of bad uh, scenes or images are captured with the lens. And are we supposed to subject ourselves to seeing those at, at the um, – that's the cost with the potential profit of gaining a uh, a better understanding of what actually happened and how a character grew through the story. So I think it's definitely something that you got to weigh out. Yeah, so, Stephen. Let me so, let me ask Stephen. Let me ask Stephen a question real quick. Because um, I, I I want I want something positive to come out of come out of your mouth through uh, through this first part of the podcast. Stephen, what is the best thing that a Christian can reap? From a movie, let's say that if this perfect movie is made just for you, what's the best thing that can come out of you watching uh, this movie that's been made? Uh, I think as a Christian, I think the best thing that you can get from a movie is hope for being a Christian. Okay. Is there any specific movie that has ever done that for you? Um, yeah, there's a few movies that kind of make you uh, – you see a good character triumph where um, not necessarily persecuted, but the odds were against them type of a thing. Uh, I'll throw Rock, Rocky in there uh, where uh, he uh, defeated odds and he overcame obstacles in his life to uh, reach the prize. I mean, that's about as cliche and a parallel that you're going to get to what a Christian endures in their spiritual walk. But yeah, I mean, that's a, a good story and a good message. We don't have to talk about this one too long. Stephen, are you, didn't, at one point, weren't you a fan of the movie The Mission? Uh, man, it's been a long time since I've seen that. But yeah, I did see that movie. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you, you know, there's kind of one area like Rocky where there's someone who triumphs over great odds and the perseverance that that movie encourages. The Mission is another movie where you have this character that goes through a redemption process um, that I see very I – mean, obviously, it's, it's a movie about a Christian missionary who finds a man who had been involved in the slave trade and brings him to Christ. Uh, a very powerful film for any of our listeners who haven't seen it. I think it's very much worth putting towards the top of your list, but I'll stop there. Um, now, do we want to turn over to our conversation on um, how Christians should filter the movies they watch? Yeah, I was trying to uh, lead us that direction. I want to make a sort of a segue comment to help us do that. Um, Great. And this kind of goes along with your question you asked Stephen. And that is to say, one another important part of movies is, by some criteria, movies have the most um, influence over us. Uh, uh, watching a 30-second clip is going to um, mold my psychology, uh, my my psyche, more than reading a 30 uh, a paragraph that takes 30 seconds to read. Um, movies have a lot of power behind them. Um, that's why propaganda 
is normal. Um, the, when you think of stereotypical like Nazi propaganda, you're thinking of movie clips that they would show. Um, mm-hmm. Movies have power, and so I think part of uh, the question you asked Stephen would be um, one thing that we can look for in movies is that they they influence us for the better on a subconscious level. But that leads me into um, some criteria that I think that we should have for watching movies. And so I'll go ahead and state this, and then y'all can critique it and give your own. Um, so I I, have, uh, I gave a lesson one time about three uh, things that movies can do um, for a Christian. So one, there's just a movie that's explicitly about Christian deeds. So watching, like, The Robe or The Passion of the Christ. So something that's obviously about Christian stuff and trying to has a good positive message there. Um, uh, the second level is movies that have more general um, themes that Christians can agree with. So I think of like The Iron Giant. Uh, that's a good movie. It's a wholesome movie. Nothing questionable there, and it's supporting good things. It's self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, there is love. a scene where there is a scene where the mom walks in on the little boy going to the bathroom. Just want parents to be aware of that scene. So, <laughs> yeah, right. um, so go on with the Iron Giant. For the most part, uh, a wholesome movie with sort of second-level Christian themes. And then there's this, uh, I would say, a third, well, I'd probably even put into uh, two more levels. Sorry, I said three. There's probably four. The third one is a movie that is much more questionable about its content, but it has a theme at the end that's really, it's more hidden, but it's good. So I think of movies like Don John and Wolf of Wall Street, two movies that are Famously crude and disgusting and offensive, um, but the the final message that comes out at the end is something that some people can agree with. But it was done via satire or showing us something bad to say, "Well, wasn't that bad? Um, you don't want to do that, do you?" So that's what and some really bad movies can do. And then the fourth option is something that's just good purely for aesthetic reasons. It's not. It's not morally or thematically good or bad, but movies can, oh, well, that was shot in a really good way, or that was acted really well, or that was just a really pretty scene and colors. Right. So it's aesthetically what, good, and we praise it because it's art. So there are right, which is the reason – I'm ahead. sorry to interrupt. That's the reason that Citizen Kane is often said to be the best movie ever. It's not because there's some uh, idea behind it or some – some theme, you know, theme to the script. Although it's a good well, story. there is, but it's the but way it's, it's shot. Yes, yeah, praised more for its technical skill. Um, right. Well, so and Fantasia might be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasia is a piece of art rather than some driving narrative. Yeah. For yeah, I'm curious. What was oh, the what was the redeeming message in The Wolf of Wall Street? Because I was planning on bringing that movie up uh, with my comments on it, where I found that movie extremely entertaining, but I left the movie with more of an attitude of like, man, I I kind of want to go and get rich now. And that was the message that I got from it, that this guy was living a lifestyle and was basically uh, – having the American dream, but he took it to excess. And, I mean, th- if anything, that is a good message, that you don't okay. want to do that, but you still so, leave that theater thinking, like, that I want to go and become materialistic. 
At least I did. Okay, yeah. So that is so that's a movie that we can have a good debate over on. Like, is that the sort of thing that we want to see? Because um, as Scorsese would tell you, the director um, and other people who identify the theme of that movie, what it's trying to say is watch these people. It's a lot of fun to watch, but you should feel like watching like Seinfeld in the series finale. You should feel guilty by the end of it. Um, for seeing people work out, especially at the end, after he is, um, like, caught for all the legal things that he does, but he gets off with hardly any punishment. And so the point of the movie is to make you say, that's not right. They are obviously horrible people, um, though it's fun to watch. They're horrible people, and something is wrong with our system that we help um, – like Wall Street people to get that rich and act so sinfully um, and not punish them at all. And that's the theme of the movie. But it's so uh, embedded and covert and hidden that you could easily, Stephen, make a case that, well, if I don't walk away instantly knowing that, then it's not worth uh, the money paid at all. Let, let me let me quick or, let me offer a very slight disagreement. What do you mean by that? I think that there's plenty of people that uh, left the theater with the same attitude that I did, where you sure. become you see what was going on there, you envy it in a way. Like that guy, he was, he had charisma, he was suave, he uh, he got what he wanted, and what's to stop me from doing that uh, closer to legal uh, legally and make myself rich out of it? Um, and yeah, but so where, how much do you want to risk uh, exposing yourself to that if you don't actually get what the message should have been for a Christian? And I so, think so you're look, right, look, Michael. Look, yeah, let me offer up a few, a few thoughts here. I, I want to disagree and say that the message of the Wolf of Wall Street is very apparent. They're not trying to hide it at all. Um, the idea that the, the wealth of this man drove him to sinful, wrong, not, not just morally wrong, but also legally wrong behavior in this pursuit after wealth. Um, the message is not hidden there. Uh, I, I think that anyone, uh, any Christian, and Stephen, I'm not trying to rag on you here, but any Christian that, that walks out of that movie and doesn't understand the way that that relates to our faith uh, had their brain shut off for two hours. Now, a, a non-Christian that walks out of that movie might have have seen it in a different way. Now, Stephen, I think you actually did. You saw, wow, uh, this guy has uh, has acted abhorrently. Um, and got all of this, well, surely I could come up with this type of wealth myself, but I would use it in a better way. Uh, I, so, I would say that the – go ahead. So my first question is, what do you think Scorsese's message that he was wanting to get across to the viewers uh, when he wrote it? Do you it's, think he – It's exactly what I just told you because he has said that. Say it again. It's what I was saying earlier because he has said that. Okay, well, right. he is a critique. Right, because okay. Scorsese wants to – It's basically a documentary of somebody who let wealth get to them and their downward spiral from it. And so what 
I mean, where do we draw the line of, I mean, do you want to watch a documentary on what it's like to be a porn star, and they're going to give you a graphic picture of what it is, and in the end, they're going to say, yeah, they messed up their life because of it, but you should see it for the story. I mean, I'm using an extreme here, but tell me where my point's wrong. I mean, that's well, what, what, what Don John is, but yeah, Stephen, that's yeah. what I think we need to discuss with our rest of our time is what are some basic rules for this, um, right. for yeah. what movies we see. I think we should have said at the top of the discussion of Wolf of Wall Street, no one should see that movie. Um, ironically, one that we mentioned earlier, the storyline of a, The Wolf of Wall Street is the same as Citizen Kane. Uh, except for at the end of Citizen Kane, he feels really bad about a wasted life. Um, it's uh, and in some ways, it's very similar to the story of It's a Wonderful Life. In fact, it, it's actually the exact opposite, though. Uh, that okay. there's a man and, who re, who wants all of these things. So, um, and so, so if having Jordan said, or the character of the Wolf of Wall Street, if he felt. Uh, if he felt bad at the end of it, would it make it okay to watch? Or two, no. if he just felt bad for being caught. Yeah. Okay, so what are our reasons for um, if, even if you felt bad, we still wouldn't watch it? So I think that segues us into the topic of, well, um, how much does content matter? Um, there are plenty of sites that rate movies based on swearing, violence, and nudity, or sexual themes. Um, is that so... What are, what sort of lines do y'all want to draw? Uh, forget specific sure. examples of other movies. Give me some general rules. Yeah, let me go ahead and offer up one resource for any of our listeners. Uh, there's a website called KidsInMind.com that uh, the the week a movie comes out, even sometimes a little bit beforehand, you can go to that website and find out exactly the type of content that is in it, from the sexual content to the uh, violence and language. It, it will even tell you the number of times they say certain curse words. So you'll know exactly what you're getting yourself into before you go in there. So to answer the question about what type of content uh, a Christian should be aware of, and uh, you know, I'll, I'm willing to say that this is the way that I, Michael Crouch, view this, and it's the it's the filter I use for myself. Um, I would say that. Uh, first I ask myself the question, will this movie cause me to stumble as a Christian? So uh, I'll, using myself as an example, I do not struggle with cursing, uh, with cussing. Um, I, I think in my life I have said two curse words. Not, I'm, that's, just, that's just true. Not trying to brag or trying to sound silly, but I used the Lord's name in vain once my freshman year in high school. Fifth grade at the dinner table, I said a bad word, which most people actually wouldn't even consider that word a bad word. So I say that to say I don't struggle with cursing. Um, so when I go into a movie and I go on kidsinmind.com and I see that a movie has a lot of cursing, that is not really a deterrent for me. Now, uh if there was a movie in um, that had a lot of cursing uh, that I had heard is a really good movie, it has a good theme to it, um, and it is cinematically good, um, I would probably go see that movie because it, it's not likely to make me stumble 
as a Christian. Uh, at the same time, though, there might be another movie that has a lot of cursing, but then I hear that it's it's a grotesque, you know, it, it curses for the sake of cursing. Uh, it thinks that cursing is funny. Um, it has no point to it. Um, and it's just not a good movie. I would say that uh, subject. So it's the difference between having a conversation with a friend that is not a Christian that's rewarding versus surrounding yourself with people um, that are not Christians and cursing that have no redeeming value. Um, Am I making the distinction clear there that one has a redeeming? So, so I can get past the language if it has a redeeming value. Um, and see the movie for what it is. Um, so, so can I throw out a few Bible verses that I think are good, uh, I guess, rules of thumb yeah. to consider when uh, – Yeah, go ahead, uh, Stephen. Exciting. All right. So first one I got is First Corinthians 10.31. And so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So first thing you can ask yourself, am I glorifying God by what I'm doing here? And it's really hard to say uh, – this is a, 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 another topic we could get into of, like, wh- can I play soccer to the glory of God? Can I make a podcast to the glory of God? Which I think we're doing a decent job of doing. Um, hopefully the listeners agree. Uh, second verse I got, First Corinthians 10.23. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Um Take that for what you will. Uh, and the last one I got is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable, if there is if, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, Can I uh, respond to you? Sure. Or do you have more to say? Um, uh, I'll I, I just want to Okay, yeah, I'll let you say something right after. Uh, I just want to say briefly that I think all of those verses support I, the thing, the the message that me and Michael are saying. Maybe you agree, Stephen. Um, but that they only support I, it when I you say that themes. Okay, so whenever you say that themes are more important or more influential than content, how it's uh, affecting what I perceive as the the meta narrative of life um, as my um, my psyche on uh, subconscious level, because I think um, that some content issues, to an extent, can be dismissed for a greater theme that is going to make me um, more noble, uh, more uh, lovely, and um, everything else that I was talking about. Stephen? Okay, so Michael, you said you don't really struggle with um, uh, cursing or language. Uh, However, uh, I think 99.9% of the men that have ever walked the earth have struggled with lustful desires. Correct. Uh, I, right. And I so, so let, let me let me go on from there. I would I do my best to not see movies uh, that have uh, nudity. Now, for the record, I, I have seen some. Um, In fact, uh, there was a movie that came out that's nominated for an Oscar this year, Ex Machina, um, which I had heard going in had some some brief scenes of nudity. Um, 
that that gave me pause. Um, and so then I had to uh, I had to weigh the benefit of seeing the movie for uh, the harm that it could potentially do to me. Now I will say this: I saw it with my wife, and uh, you know I'm able to you know look away from the screen, create a nudity bar just just to block it out. I did my best to avoid uh, what was there, but at the same time. I felt, and people should feel free to disagree with me, um, I felt that there was a redeeming value that gave uh, purpose to watching that movie. And to, that's a side conversation, by the way, about that specific movie, why I thought it was so interesting. Um, but for the majority of movies, and I would say the vast majority of movies um, that put out nudity for nudity's sake, uh, profanity for profanity's sake, violence for the sake of violence, is uh, they don't meet that standard of uh, being worth uh, subjecting yourself to and thinking on, as the scripture said. Um, so it, it is a case-by-case basis, and I think Christians should encourage each other to critique their own standards. So this may be a bit of a tangent. So one of the great martial arts movies of all time, Bloodsport, starring John Claude Van Damme. Uh, it is uh, a great movie, yes. Falls in the, Watch the, the language. Violence for violence sake? Uh, so I will say, we, just for our listeners to know, um, Daniel, I, I guess you were probably pretty young, uh, but Stephen and I, when we were six or seven, I guess, watched that movie, now, we watched it on television, so it didn't have a lot of the language. If there is any sexual content in the movie, I honestly don't know because it was on television, and likely a bunch of it was uh, was edited out. Now, you couldn't edit out the violence from that movie because the whole movie is about, you know, a kickboxing tournament. Um, and I have a new one, I, I, what I call nuanced, other people call it would probably call stupid, but I think I have a nuanced view of violence in movies. Um, there is, uh, there are movies about war where, the, you know, the whole thing is violent. Saving Private Ryan, the whole beginning of the movie is just a bloodbath for the first uh, extended scene, you know, as they storm the beaches of Normandy. I think that that is a historical movie where you're remembering something. You are paying honor to those men who gave their lives. Uh, Kick the uh, Blood Sport is an entertaining movie about guys hitting each other um, where, you know, Stephen, you and I fought a bunch growing up, but we never had the idea that we were going to go find people on the street and beat them to a pulp just for the sake of violence. Um, Maybe I should have stuck so with Rocky's example because I, I said that was well, yeah. because of the message. It's about yeah, well, yeah, and there's a good message there. Um, the, the, however, there are movies, and I haven't even seen this one, so I'm only going off of secondhand knowledge, but I, uh, A Clockwork Orange that has unnecessary, gratuitous violence that even though it's an, it is considered a work of art by many movie critics, I have chosen not to see that movie because of the grotesque nature of what it, what it shows about, uh, about um, what they're promoting in the movie. There is no redeeming nature to it. All right. Um, I think we have some good input there. Uh, we wanted to end this episode, though, with 
some recommendations. Again, sort of in anticipation of uh, the Academy Awards. Um, I think all three of us were going to give two movies. Is that right, guys? Two movies? I got two. Um, pretty close to two. Okay. <laughs> we'll average it to something like that. Uh, two and a half. Um, anyways, we're going to give some movie recommendations, maybe keeping in mind our individual uh, criteria for what makes a good movie. Um, some from 2015, some from before. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first, and then Michael, and then Stephen, you can close this out. Um, I thought a really good movie for this year was Spotlight. Spotlight is nominated for Best Picture. It's, uh, if you're looking for film as art, you got that. Um, but it also has a powerful um, critique of uh, established Christianity, specifically the Catholic Church. But I think Christians in any denomination can uh, respond to this critique and learn and grow from it. My other um, film recommendation is not a 2015 movie. It's Inherit the Wind, classic uh, courtroom drama. Um, and there is a battle in the movie between liberal and conservative. And uh, though, for the most part, the, the liberals come out as the heroes, um, at the end of all things, neither side is uh, shown in a positive light. Neither side is a hero. Um, and I, I think uh, any good Christian can learn and grow from this movie, and it is emotionally moving, and I highly recommend it. Michael, um, what what do you have? Sure. Um, I'll go ahead and start off with my more recent movie. Now, this movie actually came out in 2014 and won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor at the uh, at last year's Oscars. Um, and it also would fall under my disclaimer for if you uh, – with having a lot of language in it. Um, but the language comes from bad people. So they, they have – you know, they're, they're pointing out how bad the person is in, in part by his uh, use of, you know, poor, uh, profanity. But the movie's Whiplash. It's about a young man who goes off to college and is at a very highly regarded music conservatory and the conflict that he has with one of his teachers. It's an a engrossing look at the this dynamic, this fight between these uh, two men and our the universal desire to please the people that we respect. So if uh, if that movie fits your criteria for a movie that you can that you can watch, I highly recommend it. My I'm actually going to offer up two older movies. And both of these movies um, were actually on a list uh, that a Christian group put together as uh, some of the greatest movies of all time. And these are two of my favorite movies. Uh, the first one is the 1981 Best Picture winner, Chariots of Fire. It's a movie about the 1924 Olympics and how one Eric Little, uh, who as a devout Christian was an amazing runner, um, but his his struggle to find uh, his purpose in running while at the same time wanting to serve God as a missionary. I won't spoil any more for you, uh, but it's certainly worth watching, especially if you've never seen it before. I will say this as well, and Stephen and uh, Daniel might laugh at me for this, but um, it is a slow and long movie, so make sure that you're well-caffeinated before starting it, but I think you'll really like it. The other one is the winner of Best Picture in 1966. It's called The Man for All Seasons. 
It's about uh, Thomas More, who was the religious advisor of King Henry VIII, and how King Henry VIII wanted to get a divorce, uh, which was one of his reasons for separating from the Catholic Church. And he wanted Thomas More uh, to grant it for him. But uh, the movie surrounds the fact that More refused to do it because it went against his conscience. And I think it's a powerful narrative for all Christians uh, to really question themselves on how far they would go to stand up for their faith, even to the point of death. So A Man for All Seasons uh, is certainly worth your time. Um, Stephen, we'll let you uh, give your recommendations and close us out. Well, I know that Daniel, for one, disagrees with uh, my favorite movie is Inception. Uh, I like that movie a lot. I think it's a great sci-fi thriller. Um, It is very deep and well thought out. A lot of the same concepts, if you've seen the movie um, Matthew McConaughey, Interstellar. Uh, Yeah. uh, I do like this movie. So okay, well it, it's one of my favorites. It I mean it's I, I'm trying to think. I mean there I think there's probably some language, maybe su- suggest, suggestive language in it, but uh, great movie, uh, very deep, makes you think throughout the whole thing. Apparently Daniel was so smart he didn't have to think through it, but me being <laughs> the lesser unfortunate, I was I was just chomping at the bit the whole time. Um, the, so I'm also going to throw out there a movie I think is just garbage. Uh, and gets way too much praise is the, I want to say it's the 2000, uh, what year was it? 2014 best picture, uh, The Artist. Uh, it's a story that's been not overdone, but just done a lot. And just the fact that it was done without, uh, words, it was a silent, uh, picture. I don't think that's reason enough to win Best Picture in, in my uh, view. As far as an so older that, movie, what? I was just going to say that that was a weak year for movies. It, it was 2011. Um, oh, yeah. and yeah. I'm, I was way off. Uh, as far as older movies, and I don't know how much these movie suggestions are going to help people because I think if you were going to watch these movies, you would have already done it. But uh, the Bourne trilogy, I'm not going to – uh, necessarily include the Jeremy Renner one that came out later, but the Matt Damon uh, Bourne trilogy, great movies. Um, uh, there's violence associated with somebody who was a former uh, uh, hitman or assassin. Anyway, I think that's all we got for today's show. Uh, again, if you want to get in contact with us, we have our blog at uh, which is www.religionandstory dot blogspot.com or you can find us on Twitter so everybody have a a wonderful February